2: Welcome to the Fantasy Football Report, a Rotoviz radio news show brought to you by Untucket and Manscaped. I'm Blair Andrews on Twitter at Am I the Real Blair. My co-host is Hassan Rahim on Twitter at HRR5010. Hassan, how's it going? Uh, it's going
3: great, Blair. You know, we, um, I mean, it's a, it's a little bittersweet because uh, we're a little, a little over the halfway point of the season here. It's uh, all coming to an end, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, that's true. If you uh, if your teams are struggling now, you probably are looking forward to uh, next year. But yeah, a lot of stuff to talk about this week. I'm especially excited to be discussing it with our guest today. Joining us on the show is Nathan Powell. Listeners probably know Nathan as the co-host of the Dynasty Tradecast on Road of His Radio. You can follow him on Twitter at npowellff. Nathan, thanks for joining us. How's it going?
1: Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, excited to talk some week nine. And, yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I, at this point of the season, I kind of, like, get more excited for the, the playoffs. And, like, I, I'm okay with realizing that in two months, fantasy ball we be done. You know, because <laughs> at this point, you got the waivers, the lineups. It's become a bit of a grind. So kind of waiting for the excitement of the playoffs to start the fantasy class, that is.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I hear you. I'm already starting to get excited about um, some of these. Debbie guys we were talking about uh, before the show but yeah let's jump into the week nine news Uh, first item Devin Singletary rushed 20 times for 95 yards and one touchdown in the Bills week nine win over Washington adding three receptions and 45 yards as a receiver so Nathan Singletary broke out in a big way today and it looks like he's taken over the lead running back role for the Bills Uh, what are your expectations for this backfield with Singletary and Frank Gore uh, going forward
1: I do think that we'll tend to look more like it did today than it has in previous weeks or, you know, earlier on in the season. But I do think that people that are going to start saying that, uh, you know, Pencil Singletarian for 18 to 20 touches a game, 18 to 20 carries a game. I think that might be a bit premature. For some reason, NFL franchises are convinced that they need to give Frank Gore carries over and over and over again. And I don't think that's the case, but... You know, that's not my decision to make. It's the offensive coordinator for the Bills. And so as long as they're giving him carries, it's going to cap the upside of Devin Singletary. So for me, I I think that Singletary, obviously, I think today is around where his ceiling is for this year. I think today is more of excitement for next year. Like, this is what it's going to look like when he is a featured back, m- most likely next year.
3: Yeah, um, the one really interesting thing here is... Uh just sort of how Josh Allen and company, I mean, I might've been some of it might've just been the wind and sort of how they're unable to get really anything going. Uh, But the guy who's been really like like a revelation almost has been John Brown. Like he stayed healthy with the Ravens, stayed healthy with the bills. Uh, Like, you know, like, do you think that he, like, what would you be buying him? I guess in dynasty, because I know the trade deadlines around the corner, like, would you be buying him in dynasty? Like, uh, and what would you be looking to pay for him actually?
1: Um, I certainly, I always say that the worst time to buy a player is after a big game. That's kind of self-explanatory, but you know, I I'd rather wait till like a ten carry for eighty yard game from Frank Gore, where Singletary only gets eight carries. Uh, and if that doesn't happen, I'm fine. You know, biting the bullet and you know at, paying up later on. But in terms of like a first big breakout game like this is for Singletary, this is not the time to go pay for him. But in a scenario where, okay, Nathan, you have to go buy Singletary. What are you going to pay for him right now? I would offer a late 2021st. You know, people definitely uh, are valuing those highly right now. And I think that Singletary is worth it. So uh, I, I think that's around where his price should be. I don't think you're getting him for anything
3: less than that, though. Right. And uh, and out of the receivers, would you be looking at John Brown at all? And what would you be paying for him?
1: Uh, and it's strictly when now, honestly, no. I think that he's more of a best ball play. I don't think you can really count on him week to week, uh, especially with how inconsistent Josh Allen is. So uh, in a best ball league, sure, I'd I'd throw a second at John Brown. uh, But, you know, unless it's a super deep lineup league where you can afford to take the occasional, like, three- or four-point game, then no, I'm not really going out and targeting John Brown.
2: Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned uh, not maybe buying Singletary after his big blow-up game. I mean, if you are an owner of Singletary, he's been kind of quietly pretty good this year, actually. But if you were someone maybe coming into the season who wasn't a huge believer, then I'm, i mean, maybe you wouldn't own him then. But in, in any case, this is maybe a good opportunity, uh, for somebody to kind of sell high on Singletary. So, um, would you possibly be looking, uh, <clears throat> looking to move him if you owned him or, um, if you maybe want to buy in, are you, targeting an owner who's who's thinking they're selling high now when actually there's more uh upside to come yeah
1: yeah the, the the target that i would be looking for uh when dealing singletary would be especially in a in a you know looking toward the future type scenario i would be trying to do singletary for one of the day two wide receivers maybe a mccall hardman or a jjr Sega Whiteside, one of those guys mm. and then get a piece on top because I, I think that You know, Debo Samuel, J.J. Sigal Whiteside, Nicole Hardman, all those guys were in the conversation with Devin Singletary around rookie draft time. And if I can get a piece, maybe like a late second or early third on top of one of those and deal
3: Singletary, I'm fine getting rid of the points now. DJ Moore got seven of 10 targets for 101 yards in the Panthers' week nine win over the Titans. Uh, Nathan, this was uh, Moore's first 100-yard day of 2019, you know, given the negative news uh, regarding Cam's uh, injury and his outlook for the rest of the season, you know, How optimistic are you for both Moore and Curtis Samuel for the rest of the season?
1: Uh, I I think Kyle Allen has proved to be a fine quarterback. He's not going to make your wide receivers better, but he has two good wide receivers in DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. So I I think that, you know, the one thing I think it does maybe uh, prevent a possible breakout that we kind of expected from DJ Moore in year two. But I don't think it hurts his floor too much with with Kyle, Kyle Allen in at quarterback. So I think he's fine. I think he's a you know a high-end wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two, uh, DJ, DJ Moore, and then Curtis Samuels a wide receiver three. So I do think that it kind of caps their upside, but I don't think it hurts their floor all that much.
2: Yeah, that's a good way to look at it, I think. Um, you know, one thing we saw early in the season with Cam Newton when he was still healthy was that it looked like Both of these guys, DJ Moore and Samuel, could potentially have big seasons. I don't know if we could count them both as wide receiver twos, even with Cam, but um, it looked like they both had the potential to break out. And so, what I think you are kind of seeing with Kyle Allen is that uh, it's going to be in most games one or the other. Like, I believe, uh, you know, Samuel had more targets last game. Uh, This game it was more, but Samuel did get the touchdown. So, um, Yeah, I think that's the right way to look at it, that it kind of caps their upside because they can't both have the sort of explosive games that you might see with Cam Newton. Um, Are you at all worried about uh, Christian McCaffrey keeping up this pace if Newton does return?
1: Uh, no, not really. Christian <laughs> McCaffrey Christian McCaffrey is doing things we haven't, you know, seen since LT and it uh, you know, we you would have asked this question seven weeks ago. You said you, you would have asked uh will the Kyle Allen, you know, insertion hurt Christian <laughs> McCaffrey? And yeah. you would have said, Sure, it, it caps his upside. It certainly has not capped his upside. He's been, <laughs> you know, putting up thirty five, forty point games. So I, I don't think anything's stopping Christian McCaffrey, no matter who's a quarterback or what what's going on with that offense. He looks
3: like a guy that's you know could pencil him in for at least twenty five points a game. Yeah, um and and just out of curiosity, like Greg Olson, what are your thoughts on him? I mean he kind of had a little bit going, but uh, at this point, like is he just just a dude like who's yes. just hanging out? I don't know.
1: Yeah, Greg Olson, he's not on the level of every week starter tight end which he, he traditionally is with Cam Newton. I think he's on basically if you're in a two tight end league he's a a fine every week starter if you are um you know basically punting the position i think he's a fine fine starter but i I don't think he's a guy you can say okay this guy's gonna be a top eight guy every week or a top eight guy like four to five weeks so i I think that you know he's gonna be a bit inconsistent you know especially with how, how they're using the wide receivers right now so uh the the actual more concerning thing for me in that offense. Is Ian Thomas. He's a guy who I liked uh, as a young player and he showed some flashes in year one, but he has literally been non-existent. I don't think he is. I think he's like scored like two points or something like that. Someone said he was like the 203rd, like highest scoring tight end this year. Uh, and I think he got got another zero again this week. So, uh, yeah, Ian Thomas is a guy who I liked long term, but uh, I'm not seeing much and he's going to end up wanting waiver wires fairly soon.
2: Yeah, is he someone you're maybe looking to pick up in that case, or do you think this is like a really bad signal for his future outlook? I,
1: I can't tell because you <laughs> you would think you you would think that it's a bad sign because you know they got him involved in year one. Traditionally, I would say okay, give him time; he's a young tight end. But that didn't stop them from getting him involved last year. Uh, maybe he's just not blocking well. Maybe he maybe he's having trouble with Kyle Allen getting a chemistry going. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that he's strictly a tight end premium, 27-plus roster spot. I don't think in like a traditional like 24-man roster spot league, I don't think you can roster Ian Thomas anymore.
3: Yikes, uh, That's bad news for me because I do have a little bit of Ian Thomas. Um, I was kind of hoping he'd, he'd have come on a little bit like Jonu, but that, that sort of ends that. Yeah. Um, Nathan, out of curiosity, which of uh, DJ Moore or Curtis Samuel do you think you'd be targeting if you could? And what, would you, and what do you think of the prices on either of these guys for trading? I,
1: I think they both have fair prices. I don't really consider either of them super overvalued or undervalued. Uh, but I would say that I, I would be targeting DJ Moore because he does have that possible breakout type upside uh, You know, once Cam comes back. I, I think that Curtis Samuel... You know, you're going to get a variety of opinions on him, but I, I think that his ceiling kind of caps out around – I've said cap a lot this episode, but uh, we've, he kind of ends up being like a wide receiver three. I don't see him being a top 24 fantasy wide receiver, so I'm going to go target the guy that I do think has that upside uh, and, you know, the upside would possibly be wide receiver
3: one down the road, and, you know, he's not being valued as that right now. The holidays are almost here. You know that means gift. And what better gift to give than a stylish shirt that fits just right? Unlike most brands, Untucked shirts are actually designed to be worn untucked. Untuckit shirts fall at just the right length no matter your size, so you always look casual and sharp. Whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuckit is the way to go. You can find your favorite Untuckit styles online or check out one of their 80 brick-and-mortar stores. Visit Untuckit.com and use the promo code Blue for 20% off at checkout. That is Untuckit.com untuckit.com com and promo code blue for 24 uh, for 20% off. at checkout. Now let's get into no shit. Shit. No.
2: All right. First item. Noah Fant caught three of four targets for 115 yards and one score in the Broncos week nine upset over the Browns.
1: I'm going to go shit. No, this is not something you can expect uh, on a week to week basis. You know, still not a large volume of targets with only four and you know, you really got most of that on, on one big catch. So He's a rookie tight end. He's going to be inconsistent week to week. And, you know, I, he's going to have a couple, a couple more big games like this. But I don't see
3: Fant getting in my seasonal lineups any time this year. Mike Williams got three or four targets for 111 yards in the Chargers' week nine win over the Packers. Uh, no shit. I, I
1: think that Mike Williams continues to show that he doesn't need a large volume of targets to be uh, productive, especially when he can get in the end zone. He didn't do that today. But I, I think that, you know, he's the best downfield threat, threat that the Chargers have and you know rivers and him have a good connection right now and keenan allen has been a little bit shaky on the on the health side
2: dk metcalf netted six catches for 123 yards and a touchdown on nine targets while also mixing in a seven yard carry sunday in the seahawks week nine win over the buccaneers
1: no shit uh this is a combination of a lot of talent uh being met with russell wilson russell wilson is showing why he is probably the best quarterback in the nfl today uh and you know basically showing why DK Metcalf and Lockett is quickly becoming one of the best wide receiver duos in the NFL. I, I think that with Metcalf you're not going to, you know, see 123 yards every game, but uh, he's going to get more and more involved in the offense. I think that this is uh, going to be hard for Josh Gordon to get any sort of uh, you know, of targets in this offense. You know, he's going to get the occasional target, but I think it's more about the Lockett and Metcalf show for, for the rest of the year.
2: What would you be willing to pay for metcalf right now like after this game
3: i'd pay, I'd pay a mid first or a mid first and like a late second yeah that's uh, that's actually interesting i was actually trying to use dk metcalf and another super in another super flex league as as kind of like bait actually uh i, I tried to tr- offer someone chris godwin plus dk metcalf for kyler mare in like week four. Oh jeez <laughs> and that was rejected is that kind of surprising? Uh,
1: that's kind of surprising that, that that happened. Obviously, Metcalf hadn't broken out yet, but uh, with yeah. how Godwin was playing, that it was kind of, kind of a little surprising that got it rejected. But good for you that it was.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, well, uh, just full disclosure, my only quarterback is uh, Mitchell Trubisky, who um, it's better to not have a quarterback. Devontae Adams got seven of eleven targets for forty-one yards in the Packers' is Week Nine lost to the Chargers.
1: So this was supposed to be Aaron Rodgers is turned back into psycho mode, craziness, the greatest quarterback ever. And then he puts up a clunker uh, in Los Angeles and th- this Adams first came back. I'm not, Oh, I didn't say anything about this. this, this I'm going to go shit. No, this is not going to continue here. Uh, I, th- I think this just uh, uh, Adams coming back and, you know, getting his feet on under him. And once he's, you know, fully healthy next week, he's going to you know get back to being a wide receiver one.
2: Hunter Renfro caught six of seven targets for 54 yards and one touchdown in the Raiders' Week 9 win over the Chargers.
1: Shit no from a dynasty perspective. I, I think that people are going to get enamored with the fact that he's a young wide receiver who's putting up some yards. But this is a classic example of a day three wide receiver who is in an offense that literally doesn't have any weapons. You know, you can say, oh, Tyrell Williams is decent. He's not. And so there, there's no weapons on that offense other than Darren Waller. And so getting production in an offense that doesn't have any other weapons it's not really that impressive. So uh, if you can get anything in dynasty for Renfro, I'd, I'd advocate for doing that uh, because I think he's just taking advantage of being one of the few
3: decent options in an offense. Uh, I believe when he was, when Renfro was drafted, like um, the general manager of the Raiders called him, uh, uh, called him Doogie Hauser and the rest of his, um, the rest of his, like uh, the Raiders called him. He looks like he looks like a substitute teacher. And um, I mean, I mean, the the guy's pretty pretty alright from a slot perspective. But yeah, he was overshadowed during his time at Syracuse by every other good, good Syracuse Clemson. receiver. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Clemson. My bad. It's just the orange. I gets I forget. But uh, he's a guy who's going to be a stud, in my opinion. Uh, AJ Brown caught four of seven targets for 81 yards in the Titans' Week Nine loss to the Panthers.
1: Uh, no shit. I I think that this. This is you know, pretty much what we're going to see from A.J. Brown for the rest of the year and look towards a, a more of a breakout in 2020. But yeah, I mean, with the, this offense, always going to be run heavy, and we'll, we'll see what they do with the quarterback in the offseason. Obviously, any sort of change is going to be a, a good thing for A.J. Brown.
2: Mark Walton compiled 29 yards on 12 carries while securing three catches for 12 yards on four targets Sunday in the Dolphins' Week 9 win over the Jets.
1: No shit. Mark Walton is just OK, if not OK, bad even uh, <laughs> in an offense that isn't that good. You know, Fitzpatrick, it, it's honestly to, to kind of uh, get this to what more, kind of what I think is more interesting is that what Fitzpatrick has done with this offense makes me worry about how bad Josh Rosen is, because if Fitzpatrick is ma- able to make this offense look half decent and, you know, pull out a victory, not that quarterback wins mean anything, but with how bad Josh Rosen l- looked in his starts and in his time with that offense offense, it is very worrisome that you know
3: Fitzpatrick's been able to do that much better. Um, Paris Campbell caught five of five targets for 53 yards in the Colts' Week Nine loss to the Steelers.
1: No shit, uh, Paris Campbell is a very good wide receiver, uh, day two NFL draft pick, and I, I think that as his role evolves, as he gets more comfortable in the offense, and obviously this was done with Brian Hoyer at quarterback, so you know you could assume. But once he gets, you know, the opportunity, to, and and it was, uh, you know, reported as a sprain, so I'm guessing that Brissett will be back next week, and if not, the week after. So once Campbell a- ends up getting some rapport with uh, Brissett, and if Hilton is still out, Campbell has a shot at being, you know, the number two wide receiver in that offense with Hilton. Now, I think Pascal has, you know, secured that number one spot for now.
2: Ty Johnson rushed nine times for 29 yards and caught all three of his targets for seven yards in the Lions' Week Nine loss to the Raiders.
1: No shit. Uh, this is a classic example of just because someone's the RB one, the offense doesn't mean they're necessarily a fantasy asset. Uh, Ty Johnson has been disappointing for the most part and hasn't really done enough with his vo- with his you know volume. So I, I think that you know he's fine for the rest of this season, but there's no there's no future for Ty Johnson.
3: Mike is sick. he absorbed six catches for 95 yards and six targets Sunday in the Dolphins' Week Nine win over the- New York.
1: No shit. Uh, I think that. People who were, you know, trying to bury uh, Mike Geske's grave, you know, 16 games in, 18 games into his NFL career, were a bit premature. And I, I think that this guy's, you know, I know this guy's a second-round NFL draft pick and a guy who's been in a very bad offense, whether it be Ryan Fitzpatrick or whoever was. Oh. uh was Jay Cutler the Miami quarterback last year? Uh, Mike Gusecki hasn't had a, a lot of luck with being in a, go, a good offense. And so hopefully, w- whether they get a quarterback in the NFL draft or however they end up improving their offense in, in Miami, that ends up being a good thing for Mike Gusecki. As he gets into that year three for tight ends, m- more often than not, you anything you're getting in the first two years with a tight end is a bonus. And I think that year three is really where Mike Gusecki ends up being a reliable week-to-week tight
2: end. Support for Blue Wire and for the Fantasy Football Report comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-bell grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Uh, I think we can all... We've all heard of or at least imagine some... Uh, horror stories uh, from manscaping so that's why manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin safe technology so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past and don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls that's just nasty manscaped also has the crop preserver an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer you already put deodorant on your armpits why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BlueWire at Manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code BlueWire at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. Use the code BlueWire.
3: Become a Rotoviz Patreon and gain exclusive access to his Radio Slack, where you can ask questions and gain league-winning advice from many of the podcast and writing team. Uh, both Blair and Nathan are in there, and they give some wonderful advice. You should listen to them uh, more than you listen to me. Patriotship started just at six per month. Become a his Radio patron today. To join an exclusive of listeners, sign up at patreon.com slash his Radio. Uh, we also want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners only 10% discount to a RotoViz NFL pass through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our premium NFL content. And it goes to help support the pod. Uh, plus, for a limited time only, we're offering a two-year RV Radio NFL sub, which includes a 10% discount and complimentary access to the His Radio Patreon and His Radio Slack channel for the 2019 season. That's right. Get to 10 percent off a two-year sub and uh, enjoy unlimited access to the Slack channel for the rest of the season. And all you have to do is head over to rotaviz.com slash podcast and sign up via the two-year RV radio sub and we will email you Slack access details within 48 hours. Once again, that's com slash podcast.
2: Yeah, and we are also, I believe, closing in on 50 subscribers and we are going to be giving away a free rotovis subscription if i'm not mistaken to the 50th uh patreon so you definitely want to sign up now get uh get that advice for your playoff push and uh get a free rotovis sub along with it all right moving on to news item number three Jalen samuels rushed eight times for 10 yards in the steelers week nine win over the Colts, adding 13 receptions for 73 additional yards nathan with both connor and snell inactive samuels had a huge day most of it came via the air, which capped the ceilings of the other Pittsburgh receivers. Uh, so do you, you think that Samuels might have better rushing production going forward or um, will it be uh, Connor's job to handle the rushing load when he's healthy?
1: Today only proved what we already knew about Jalen Samuels is that he's not a running back. He's a fullback tight end uh, and he's very good at that, but he's not good at running the ball. So I I was pessimistic about uh, James Conner in the year, and he hasn't been great, but I don't think that part of that's just been losing Big Ben. Uh, I don't think that Jalen Samuels threatens the rushing production of James Conner. He does threaten the receiving production, though, so that does kind of uh, hurt the upside of Conner. And so I, I think that when Conner gets healthy, he's getting the full rushing workload and maybe just a little less of the receiving workload with Samuels getting more of that. Yeah,
3: the one side effect of just sort of like, you know, Samuel's taking up all that volume was that both Juju and Deontay were pretty much left out in the cold. Uh, I mean, I mean, it kind of doesn't help because uh, it's it's like today in the press conference, I believe, uh, Dalman was kind of critical of Mason Rudolph. At the same time, this is kind of uh, what you've got. So you got to go. You know, you can't just be upset. Uh, you got to go. This is who you're going to war with. Um. So, you know, my question to you is like, I. It's really more so about Deontay, right? Like, do you think, uh, I guess, and, and let me back up. Do you think, one, Juju's value has sort of declined a little bit? And uh, and if so, um, you know, to where would you be ranking him? And on the second end is, what are you doing with Deontay Johnson? Because he seems to be doing really well. I mean, like, the, the team released um, Moncrief a couple of days ago, which means this is the uh, Juju-James washington and Deontay show for the rest of the season. And, and out of those, you know, I was wondering what your thoughts were on Deontay here.
1: Yeah, Deontay Johnson's been a guy that I've been interested pretty much since he was drafted in third round. I'm I, I advocate this on the trade cast all the time, but when a guy goes higher in the NFL draft and he's going in rookie drafts, so that's a classic uh, example of one of my targets. Deontay Johnson went in the you know third round of the NFL draft, and he probably was taken. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but he was probably taken like around like wide receiver ten. He was probably being drafted around like wide receiver fourteen, fifteen of rookie drafts. So that provides you know, that value point of, you know, the guy who's getting taken higher in the NFL draft. So I've liked Johnson for a little bit. And I think that he is a target because James Washington hasn't broken out like many of us thought or hoped he would. And as far as Juju Smith-Schuster and his value, I think he's still a top five dynasty wide receiver. I think that you'd be hard pressed to find anyone who is really panicking on him quite yet. Uh, maybe I, he, he maybe he's gone from the I'm not trading him list to I'll listen to an offer, but I'm still going to ask for way more than than you probably want to trade. So, I, I think that with with Schuster Smith Schuster, if if you want to buy him now is the time to do it because it's an opportunity. But I still think he's gonna be very
2: expensive. Do you think uh, we see Samuels get this kind of workload in the receiving game? I mean, not like this, not 13 targets, but sort of eat into these wide receiver targets in a significant way going forward
1: uh m- maybe into Washington and uh Johnson's but I-,
3: I don't think that Jalen Samuels is what's standing in the way of Juju Smith-Schuster being a wide receiver one Ronald Jones rushed 18 times for 67 yards and a touchdown he also attacked on a 15 uh, 50 he also attacked on 15 receiving yards on two catches in Tampa Bay's week nine loss to the Seahawks uh Nathan it looks like Rojo got the start. And more importantly, he carried the ball 18 times to Peyton Barber's four or Dari Ugunbawale's one. You know, is this Jones's backfield for the rest of the season?
1: If it is his backfield, I'm not sure it matters. Uh, yes, I, I think he's he's fine in the short term. And he's a guy who's going to be like a low end RB two, high end RB three. But I just don't think he's very good. And I think that the, the, the offense is going to be pass heavy because the, the defense is so, so bad. It, it's I for those that don't know I, I am a Bucks fan and you know I've been on the whole tank for two or tank for a quarterback train, but really yes, Jameis and his terrible turnovers are not good for you know winning football games. But you can't blame Jameis when he's putting up thirty four points, even when he gave gave away seven points to the other team. So, uh, but getting back to Ronald Jones, I, I think that he's fine, but I do think that he does get a bit overhyped by the people that do own him. I don't think he's a target because I think most people that have him are the guys that think this guy is a, you know, possible RB one. I don't see that in his range of outcomes.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I'm trying to think about what, um, what I would give up to get him right now, but I, it's hard to conceive of because I own him on every team already. Um, <laughs> uh, I think Hassan and I were both really high on him coming out, uh, as a rookie and kind of carried over, at least for me. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see him get this kind of workload. Like you said, it's probably, um, at least the rushing workload is maybe not something we can bank on going forward just because of how uh, bad Tampa Bay's defense is and how much they want to throw the ball. But, um, yeah, what I'd like to see is maybe get him even more work in the passing game because, I mean, he caught both his targets it looks like for 15 yards which is not great obviously but uh when you're competing with uh ogumba and and peyton barber in the backfield maybe you deserve a little more work i don't know um you know hard to take targets away from mike evans and godwin obviously but yeah i thought it was encouraging and um i don't know i guess optimistic but i'm obviously biased yeah i don't know what do you think hassan
3: yeah i I was actually kind of like ambivalent on him coming out, if only because I knew like really what got me interested was like that early draft capital kind of as like as like Nathan mentioned because that's kind of the signal. What was really frustrating was that he just wasn't used at all. And and again, like um, like I, I don't know what it would take to actually buy him because you know I mean this is still a fairly we're seeing him try to run away with a job, but we aren't. I mean, I was going to ask like 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 the thing with with Jones is interesting because. I think you got to. think with just the the buys being here, if you were forced into starting him, you were kind of locked out a little bit. But like it'd be interesting to see when there are other options available to you at the running back position. Will you be able to slot him in? And I think you should at the very least. Um, Nathan, I, I I do know that you mentioned about about tanking for Tua. Do you think they've won too many games to actually really be at the top here? To like you know, do you think that this is going to be one of those where he gets a, uh where they're going to extend Jameis? I don't know.
1: Uh, I, if you would have asked me after the one game, I, I would have told you that there's no chance we extend them, uh, and that you know we'll end up drafting a quarterback. And I don't really, th- I don't realistically think that they're in the tank for two of sweepstakes. I, I think that's a, a three-team race between the Bengals, Dolphins, and in Washington, uh, and you could even consider the Jets. But I don't think that they're going to give up on Darnold quite yet. I hope they don't at least. Uh, so I, I don't think they're in the number one race, but I think that if they finish anywhere you know, top five or six. Uh, it just makes much more sense to start over with a new quarterback than pay Jameis hundred million dollars.
2: All right. That'll do it for this edition of the fantasy football report. Special thanks to our guest, Nathan Powell. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at npowellff. Please remember to rate and review the road radio channel on Apple podcasts and subscribe to our Patreon for Hassan Rahim. I'm Blair Andrews. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Football Report. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio Podcast channel on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email, Rotovizradio at gmail.com, and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage. Rotoviz.com podcast.